Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Fourth and Inches Show with Jana and the Sherpa. I'm Jana, and unfortunately, the Sherpa is on a bit of a bye this week, so he is not here with us physically, but he's here in spirit. And we do have his picks and who to start, who to sit, all that good stuff from him, so don't worry. Even though he's not here to banter, I'm sure there's still going to be some arguments. He's just not here to defend himself. But we still have an action-packed show for you tonight. I know it's championship week in a lot of the leagues, and if it's not and you're waiting till next week, don't worry. We'll still be here for you. Um, but you've made it this far. Congratulations. Now you're decimated by injuries, and you've got some matchup problems. But don't worry. We are here to help. Uh, we've got a full show for you. We'll take you through every game, who to start, who to sit, give you our predictions, waiver wire, pickups. Uh, And, of course, uh, as always, even without him here, there's going to be some arguments. So before we jump in, you can find us all week long, all over social media. If you have questions that we don't cover on the show, find us on Twitter. We're at the number 4THN Inches Show at JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa. I'm pretty sure you can figure out who's who there. We're also on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. And, of course, we'll be back next week more than likely Tuesday night, a Christmas Eve edition for you. We'll have some fantasy gifts, I'm sure, to help guide you to victory. But in the meantime, let's take a look at the matchups and injuries this week because, of course, we're going to have to fix those problems with our waiver wire pickups. But let's take a look at the Saturday games first. First on deck, we've got the Texans at the Buccaneers. In Houston, you're dealing with a couple injuries. Wide receiver Will Fuller is still questionable with that hamstring injury that's been dogging him all season. Looks like he's going to play, but they will take it down to game time. And the running back side of things for them, Carlos Hyde is questionable with an ankle injury, and Taiwan Jones is dealing with a hamstring injury. He's also questionable, but it looks like they're probably both going to play. For Tampa Bay, wide receiver Chris Godwin is your biggest issue here. He is not going to play this week with a hamstring injury. You already have Mike Evans on IR, and now all of a sudden you are missing some key players on your team, and the Buccaneers are as well. Don't worry, we'll help you fill those holes here in a few minutes when we get to the waiver wire pickups. Also worth noting, DeAndre Hopkins was on the injury report. He's sick. He did practice today. He's going to play this week, barring some kind of setback, but it looks like he's on the upswing there, so that's good. Also, somebody who was on the injury report and no longer is, is the Buccaneers quarterback, Jameis Winston. He was questionable with a whole multitude of injuries. He's going to play. He fully practiced today as well, so that's good news for people with their hopes and dreams pinned on Jameis Winston this week. Buffalo may be the healthiest team in the entire league. They essentially have nobody on their injury report, which is very good because they're taking on the Patriots this week. We're a little banged up, but for the most part, your biggest uh, name on the injury report here is wide receiver Julian Edelman, who's been on the injury report pretty much all season. He's dealing with shoulder and knee injuries. They're calling him questionable. He's going to play. Uh, against that Buffalo defense could be a bit of a, a tough day for him, but I'm sure he'll still put up some good fantasy points for you. Out in, out west, the Rams and 49ers are dealing primarily with defensive injuries for the 49ers side of the ball. Uh, their their offense is pretty healthy. For the Rams, uh, their their biggest issue is probably their kicker, Greg Zerline. He's dealing with a right quad injury. He's questionable. Uh, They're going to work him out pregame, but they won't know until they work him out on Saturday night. Uh, So if he is your kicker on your fantasy team, I would have a backup plan there because it is really up in the air. Jared Goff fully practiced. He's off the injury report. He's been dealing with that thumb injury for the last couple weeks, so that is a good sign. And tight end Gerald Everett is going to play this week after missing the last three games with a knee injury, so that is very exciting. He's going to be a nice addition to your fantasy lineup. For the Jaguars, Their biggest name on the injury report is wide receiver DJ Chalk. He's dealing with an ankle injury. He's questionable. He's expecting to play after missing last week. So that's a good sign for them who are taking on the Falcons. Julio Jones is forever questionable. And on the injury report, he's always limited at practice. Uh, He will play this week. He's been playing through injuries all season. And there's absolutely no reason that won't be the case this week. New Orleans is very banged up on the defensive side of the ball, but relatively healthy on the offense. Unfortunately for them, they are playing on the road in December, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Tennessee, a little less healthy. Wide receiver Adam Humphreys is not going to play this week with an ankle injury. They've already ruled him out, and that's certainly a blow for that offense. 
Running back Derrick Henry, however, is going to play. He is good to go with that hamstring injury that he's been dealing with. And wide receiver Corey Davis is going to play this week. He's been dealing with an ankle injury, but both of them are going to be good to go. On the Giants side of things, um, pretty much any anyone in the human race is eligible to play tight end for them because they were dropping like flies. Evan Ingram was officially put on IR with that foot injury. He's been telling reporters he might be playing, and now he's on IR. So sorry if you're filling that hole. We will have some suggestions for you here in a little bit. Also, tight end Ray Ellison is out with a concussion. He did not clear concussion protocol and does not look like he's going to. They've officially ruled him out for this week. So Daniel Jones, who is making his return from an ankle injury, he's out of the walking boot and looks like he's going to be good to go, is going to be down a couple of targets there. Eli Manning got uh, his his hero send-off last week winning at home. And Daniel, Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Danny Dimes, is going to be back under center this week. He keeps turning the ball over. He may not make it the whole game, but I think uh, it's a favorable matchup playing in Washington. Redskins defense is not the most stout in the world. Uh, but their biggest issue is on the offensive side of the ball. Dwayne Haskins, at quarterback, has been dealing with an ankle injury the last couple of weeks, and he's certainly looked hobbled. He's not moving well in the pocket. He's been fully practicing all week, uh, so they, they are feeling pretty good about that. He says he's feeling better, so we'll see how that goes this week for him. Running back Adrian Peterson didn't practice on Thursday. He's dealing with a toe injury. He did fully practice today. He's good to go and off the injury report for the week, so that is a good sign. The Steelers are happy they're getting healthier. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be back on the field this week. He's missed the past four games ever since that oh-so-eventful first Cleveland game of the season. Uh, he He's admitting to people he's not 100%, but he's going to go out and see what he can give them. Uh, for fantasy purposes, that does not instill a whole lot of confidence in me. But I'm all in on Devlin Hodges. You know I love a good Duck Hodges. And it'll be interesting to see how this offense looks with Juju Smith-Schuster back on the field. Also uh, playing this week will be tight end Vance McDonald. He is out of the concussion protocol officially, and he will be playing come Sunday. So that is a very good sign for them. Uh, For the Jets, wide receiver Demarius Thomas is doubtful. He's dealing with hamstring and knee injuries, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Basically, his whole leg is on the IR, uh, but he's doubtful this week. It doesn't look good for him unless there's some kind of miraculous comeback on Saturday. I don't think the Jets' luck is that good. Also, uh, wide receiver Robbie Anderson is sick. He has been limited at practice. Uh, He's questionable. That's probably going to go down to game time. Hopefully, he's getting a lot of fluids, and he'll be good to go because Sam Darnold certainly will need him. Uh, The Jets' defense is all pretty much questionable. Not a lot of them are practicing fully. Uh, They're dealing with a lot of injuries. Defensive injuries are really going to be the theme of this week, so I think we may be a little more offensive-heavy. Uh, in Cincinnati, the epitome of offensive heavy, but no, uh, wide receiver A.J. Green is going to miss yet another game, which would make 15, since he obviously had a bye week. Uh, he is likely not playing this season with that ankle injury. He hurt it preseason. We've been hearing for the last four weeks, oh, he's coming back. He's going to play. He's not playing. He has no intention of playing. He's not practicing. Uh, I sure hope you're not still carrying him on your your roster, but if you are, good for you. You're a believer. I am not. Uh, running back Joe Mixon is good to go with a calf injury. He practiced fully today and is off the injury report now, so that is a good sign. In Miami, they've been dealing with a lot of wide receiver injuries over the last couple weeks, uh, particularly hip injuries. They seem to be contagious there. Wide receiver Devontae Parker and wide receiver Albert Wilson are both dealing with hip injuries, but they both fully practiced today. So they should be good to go, barring some kind of setback. The biggest issue for Miami is their offensive line is pretty beat up, and that is not great for old Fitzmagic. Uh, It's certainly going to give him a little less time to throw this week, so keep that in mind when deciding who you're going to start. In Carolina, wide receiver Curtis Samuel is questionable with a knee injury. They'll see uh, what it looks like come game time, but it seems that he's trending to play. So if you're putting him in the lineup, you should be good to go. The Colts are still very banged up defensively, but getting healthier on offense. Uh, so they may be giving up a few more points than you're used to, but just keep that in mind. Still maybe one of the better defensive matchups this week. Ravens running back Mark Ingram is off the injury report. He has been on the last few weeks and has been questionable, but he is good to go this week, which is a very good sign less so for Cleveland. Uh, They're dealing mostly with defensive injuries. Uh, Their center is banged up. He hasn't been practicing. Uh, That's been the case the last few weeks. And quite frankly, their biggest issue is 
their players are actively asking to be traded to other teams during the game, which is really not what you want to see. Uh, Freddie Kitchens is having a lot of problems there, uh, and I, I don't think they're getting better this week. But we'll get there in a few minutes when we break down the games. In Detroit, running back Bo Scarborough is questionable. Uh, he's been limited this week with rib injuries, but it looks like he's going to try to play. Their defensive line is pretty beat up, uh, so certainly they may be uh, a little more, dare I say, generous in giving up points and yards than they have in a few, the weeks past. Uh, running back Carrion Johnson is likely going to be activated off IR before this game. He is excited to be back, and he's looked good in practice, so that's a good sign. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not sure how much Denver's going to be able to capitalize on this. They have the flu in a big way, including quarterback Drew Locke. Uh, they say he's going to be fine to play. I just don't know how effective he's going to be. Also, tight end Noah Font is dealing with the, the flu as well as a shoulder injury. They're officially listing him as questionable. A lot of their offensive line and defense are dealing with it as well. So we've seen this happen to a couple of teams this season, and they're the latest ones, unfortunately, for them. In Oakland, running back Josh Jacobs is officially ruled out already with a shoulder injury. He hasn't been practicing all week. And he is not going to play this week, which means DeAndre Washington is going to be your starter there. So certainly an interesting flex option in my mind. Uh, If DeAndre Washington's out on your waiver wire, it would certainly be a priority for me. In uh, the wide world of the Chargers, (laughs) they're having some struggles on offense. And one of them is certainly going to be running back Justin Jackson this week. He's questionable with a hamstring injury. Looks like he's going to try to play. Uh, but a running back on a bad defense with a bad hamstring is maybe not the best fantasy play for you. We'll give you some better options here in just a minute. In Dallas, the big story all week has been, will Dak Prescott play? Won't he play? He shows up on the injury report and is questionable all week with a shoulder injury. Practice fully, he's going to play, and he generally torches the Eagles, so I would have no hesitation putting him in my lineup this week. Philly, on the other hand, is barely able to field a team. I, I, they're like the walking wounded. I'm not entirely sure how they're going to get through uh, the rest of the season. And if, you know, somehow they manage to make the playoffs, they, they might be signing guys off the street just to make the minimum amount of players for the sideline. Uh, officially ruled out already is tackling Johnson with an ankle injury, which is a big blow to that offense. He's basically commander out there. Uh, So that concerns me. Also, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar is questionable with a knee injury. And running back Jordan Howard is still dealing with that stinger slash shoulder injury slash whatever you want to call it. He is officially questionable. Both of them likely going to be on the field this week. How effective? I don't know, but they'll be out there. In Arizona, wide receiver Christian Kirk is dealing with an ankle injury. He is very questionable. That's going to go down to game time. If I were you, I would certainly have a plan B there. In Chicago, wide receiver Taylor Gabriel is officially ruled out already with a concussion. He is not going to get out of the concussion protocol before Sunday. So certainly don't be starting him this week. But in better news, in Kansas City, running back Damian Williams fully practiced. He's going to play this week. Uh, So they should have their full complement of running backs this week. Uh, So that brings us to the injury report. I'm sure at this point you have lived an entire life. But here we are. And so since we have so many injuries, and this is a very pivotal week, we've got some suggestions for you on the waiver wire. Let's start with quarterbacks uh, off the top. As I mentioned, Daniel Jones is back this week after dealing with that ankle injury. Um, Your priority list, if I were were you, uh, certainly Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be, I think, at the top or very close to it for me. Uh, Daniel Jones as well. He's going to be available in more than half of leagues. Mitchell Trubisky and Dwayne Haskins. It looks like Haskins is healthier than he has been in the last couple weeks, and obviously the Giants' defense is not the most stout in the world. Uh, And possibly uh, a little further down, if you're really hurt, Gardner Minshew or Drew Locke. The flu kind of scares me there, but so be it. Also, um, as far as matchups, those are probably the best of the bunch. Uh, Like I said, there's a lot of defensive injuries this week, so you should see a little more in the way of offensive output. Um, And for what it's worth, you are dealing with an awful lot of running back injuries this week as well. Uh, Worth noting, I didn't mention Dalvin Cook and his shoulder injury. That's going to be a real problem, especially with that being a, a Monday night game. You need to have someone in there to put up some points. Got a lot of big names out this week. 
if you've got somebody like Alexander Madison on your waiver wire, go pick him up. Like I mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins looks like, or I'm sorry, DeAndre Washington looks like he's available in about half of leagues. Carryon Johnson, like I said, getting activated off IR. I think he's going to be very interesting play. Uh, that, like I said, that offensive line is going to be a little, a little rough around the edges. So Detroit may be running the ball a little more. So even though it's kind of a running back by committee and both Scarborough is a little banged up, I still think Carryon Johnson is going to have some good flex potential there. Boston Scott in Philadelphia is an interesting one. He's available in about three quarters of leagues. Uh, and the Eagles seem very, very interested in pushing him right now. He's, he's, you know, the running back du jour there. He's probably the healthiest of the bunch. Uh, but he's been getting an awful lot of touches. The Cowboys defense is banged up right now. Sean Lee missed practice. They're saying it's not injury related, but it looks like Leighton Van Der Esch is going to miss another game with that neck injury. Uh, so certainly there could be some holes there. If you need somebody and you're desperate, Boston Scott's an interesting option. Um, Patrick Laird, I think would be a little further down on my list, but also good. And uh, Adrian Peterson still available in some leagues. I think he could have a really nice week out there, but that's certainly more of a long shot for you at wide receiver. Uh, some interesting names, like I said, we a lot of guys on the injury report, a lot of players that you're going to need to uh, fill holes for. I think Anthony Miller in Chicago is probably at the top of my list, followed very closely by Brashad Perryman, who, despite you know looking like he would be uh, a good pickup last week, still available in a lot of leagues, and especially without Chris Godwin playing with that hamstring injury, he is going to be getting all of the looks. Chris Conley and Greg Ward, uh, interesting options. Uh, Danny Amendola as well. James Washington. Nikhil Harry uh, is still available pretty widely, um, more almost 80% of leagues. So if he's out there, I think he would be interesting. I just don't think that game is going to be as high scoring as maybe some other people and Patriots fans in particular think it may be. But we'll get there in a few minutes. Um, but at tight end, like I mentioned, uh, especially if the, the Giants are hurting, hopefully your fantasy team is not as well. Gerald Everett is coming back from injury if people had dropped him, and certainly there were, there were a lot of leagues where that happened because of injury. He's been out the last couple of weeks. I would certainly pick him up. Jacob Hollister, I think, is a great start. He's in my top ten this week. O.J. Howard's still out there in about half a league. Mike Gusecki, who we love to talk about here. I think that was a good matchup. Johnny Smith in Tennessee, always a big fan of that. Uh, if you're looking for a little bit deeper of options, Jason Witten's still available in, in about half a league. He generally has big games against the Eagles. It's a good matchup. He's going to live and die with those little eight-yard hooks in the middle of the field. But, hey, those are fantasy points, and hopefully you see him in the end zone. Cameron Bray also available in a lot of leagues, but he would be further down on my list. And if you are looking for – some defensive options, I think San Diego, or I'm sorry, <laughs> to the Chargers uh, versus Oakland, especially with Oakland uh, looking the way they looked last week and just blowing that game in the fourth quarter and essentially the city of Oakland trying to burn down the stadium and the surrounding areas, which was not the prettiest sight in the world, not the way you want to leave uh, your last home game in your you know city that you've been in for decades. Uh, but the Chargers, despite the fact that their offense isn't great, the defense is a little better. Uh, Kansas City still out there in a lot of leagues against the Bears and the Colts. Uh, I like that one an awful lot, even though they're a little banged up on defense. I still think that against Carolina, uh, against you know some young quarterbacks, uh, a couple of injuries, I think Colts could have a big day there. Also, special shout out to the Vikings defense last week, putting up 26 points thanks mainly to Philip Rivers. Uh, but that that is certainly uh, something we'd like to see again this week, help my fantasy teams and hopefully yours as well. So let's dive right in and take a look at our position breakdowns. We'll start with running back as we do every week. Uh, we're going to tell you who to start, who to sit, our top 10, and top 10 to avoid generally are not, uh, I guess, matching up well. So since Chip is not here to argue with me, I'm going to go first. Uh, at the top of my list, generally, is Christian McCaffrey has been for about eight straight weeks, but this week he's usurped by Ezekiel Elliott, who generally has huge games against the Eagles. He's actually never lost a game against the Eagles in his career and puts up a lot of yards. So I would like to capitalize on that, and you should as well. 
Saquon Barkley is at number two on my list, followed by the aforementioned Christian McCaffrey. Uh, even though I like the Colts defense, still love Christian McCaffrey. You can't can't hate on talent there. At number four, I've got Chris Carson out in Seattle and uh, Derek Henry rounding out my top five. Leonard Fournette just outside at six. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, I.I., <laughs> Joe Mixon, and Marlon Mack rounding out my top ten. So Sherpa and I have a little overlap. Seems like he's a little higher on some teams than I am uh, score-wise, which we'll get to in a little bit. But he also has Ezekiel Elliott at the top of his list. Surprise, surprise, we actually agree on that one this week. He's got Todd Gurley at two, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, and Marlon Mack running out his top five. So we've got a lot of overlap there, just a different order. James Conner coming in at six on his list, Raheem Mostart. Uh, Philip Lindsay, Chris Carson, and Sony Michelle running out the top 10 there on his honorable mention list. Devontae Freeman, Mark Ingram, Patrick Laird, and Melvin Gordon, who uh, certainly had the fumble fumble and drops these last week. Hopefully he can hang on to the ball a little bit better this week. On Sherpa's avoid list, always makes me sad. Guys I really like. He's always putting at the top of the list, like Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette. Obviously, we see uh, their production a little bit differently. He's also got Le'Veon Bell, uh, Josh Jacobs, who, when he put this list together, Dawson ruled out, but it's a good play not to play him since he's not going to be on the field. He also has David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, and Carrion Johnson on his avoid list. Top of my avoid list would be Peyton Barber out in Tampa Bay. Uh, Naheem Hines in Indianapolis, I think that's going to be more of a passing game than a running game. Alexander Madison, I know you, I told you to pick him up on the waiver wire, but if you don't have to, don't start him. It's a tough matchup this week. Damian Williams, although he's healthy, I don't want to start him this week, as well as LaShawn McCoy and Chris Thompson. Kevin Coleman, Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, and Rex Burkhead. Staying away from some of those running back by committees this week, especially because I don't necessarily think that it's going to be a huge ground game for some of those teams, more uh, of the quarterbacks and the offense. But we'll get to quarterbacks in just a minute. At the top of my wide receiver list, no doubt in my mind, Michael Thomas in New Orleans. Uh, that may surprise you when I give you my score on that game, but I think he's still going to have a huge fantasy day, followed pretty closely by DeAndre Hopkins. At three, I've got Julio Jones, Tyree Kill, and Amari Cooper rounding out the top five there. Devontae Adams all the way down at six on my list. Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton in Denver, who seems to be one of the few that doesn't have the flu. And rounding out my top 10, Devontae Parker in Miami. We got a little bit of overlap here with the Sherpa and I, actually probably more than we do at any other position. Uh, he's got DeAndre Hopkins at the top of his list, followed by Michael Thomas. Pretty interchangeable. They're both going to have very nice days. Got Amari Cooper at three, Tyler Lockett, Tyreek Hill, Julian Edelman, who, despite being a little questionable, probably still going to put up some good numbers. Uh, Cooper Cup, Emmanuel Sanders, T.Y. Hilton, and Marquise Hollywood-Brown rounding out his top ten. Cortland Sutton coming in as an honorable mention there. Top of his avoid list and probably everybody's. Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Uh, it's not going to be a great, team, a great day for that Browns offense or their defense or really anyone in that organization. Uh, like I said, they've got a lot of off-the-field dysfunction and a lot of on-the-field as well. That offense is just really not set up for success. So stay away from them if you can. He's also got Robbie Anderson, DJ Chark, D.D. Westbrook, Jamison Crowder, D.J. Moore, Tyrell Williams, Kenny Galladay, and Danny Amendola on his avoid list. I got to say, I'm pretty impressed. He actually got to 10 on most of these positions, which is unlike him, and I don't have any tiers, which is a real shame. Um, but my avoid list, I have Mike Williams out in L.A., Debo Samuel, Larry Fitzgerald, Danny Amendola, Robbie Anderson, who, like I said, is sick, and maybe not the world's best matchup there, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Golden Tate, James Washington. I'm not real high on the Steelers wide receivers this week. Uh, Vince McDonald, probably my favorite play out of the bunch there. But let's talk quarterbacks. I think there's going to be a lot of big quarterback uh points put up this week and I think the number one no doubt on everybody's list <laughs> Sherpas and mine both is Lamar Jackson playing at the dysfunctional Browns uh, remember the Browns were the last, uh, last team to beat Baltimore in a very shocking fashion and Baltimore has gone 10-0 and since then so I don't really think you can call this a revenge game but I guess it kind of is 
I don't think it's going to be a fair fight, but we'll talk about that and the score here in just a few minutes. Number two on my list, Deshaun Watson, probably one of the highest spots I've had him all season, but the matchup is good at Tampa Bay. At three, I have Dak Prescott. Much like Ezekiel Elliott, he does very well against the Eagles. Historically, statistically, I'm all in on it. I'm not worried about the shoulder injury. At four, Russell Wilson, and five, Patrick Mahomes, followed by Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Ryan Tannehill, and Kyler Murray. Aaron Rodgers just outside of my top ten there. Like I said, Sherpa also has Lamar Jackson at the top of his list. A lot of similar names here. Uh, Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott running at his top three, followed by Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff. Deshaun Watson a little further down the list. Jimmy Garoppolo, who, surprise, surprise, not on mine. Uh, Drew Brees, Jacoby Brissett, and Drew Locke rounding out his top ten. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devlin Hodges on the honorable mention list this week. Top of his avoid list, I mean his avoid list is primarily players I really enjoy watching, but unfortunately maybe not the best matchups this week. Uh, He's got Aaron Rodgers at the top of his list. Gardner Minshew, II, also on the list there. Sam Darnold, Kyle Allen, Baker Mayfield, David Blau, Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill, Dwayne Haskins, and Andy Dalton. So certainly some overlap there. Uh, I do think the Dolphins win the game, but I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to have a huge day, so he's on my avoid list as well as Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, Sherpa and I see that game a little differently, but we'll get there, like I said, in a few minutes when we do game predictions. Kirk Cousins also on my list. Uh, Even though I think Minnesota's probably going to win that game, he is historically not very good on Monday night, and that's a tough matchup regardless with Green Bay. Drew Locke and the flu are also sitting on my avoid list with Phillip Rivers, who's an interception machine, Josh Allen, Mitchell Trubisky, Andy Dalton, and David Blau. So there are uh, really the haves and have-nots this week at quarterback. Uh, it's it's certainly, as Sherpa would like to say, there there are very much tears here. <laughs> at tight end, uh, we'll take a look at Sherpa's list first here. He's got Tyler Higby at the top of his list. He's also on mine, but a little lower down. Uh, followed by Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Jared Cook. Mike Gusecki, friend of the show, making the top 10 for the Sherpa, as well as Jack Doyle, Jacob Hollister, Noah Font, and Darren Fells. Vance McDonald, just on the outside looking in for him. Uh, I've got Travis Kelsey at the top of my list, followed by uh, George Salvation Army Kettle. Zach Ertz rounding out my top three. Mark Andrews in Baltimore and Darren Waller in the top five for me. I've got Austin Hooper, Jared Cook, Hunter Henry, Tyler Higby, and Jacob Hollister to round out my top ten. As far as my avoid list, I've got O.J. Howard at the top. I just don't necessarily love what's happening here. He and Cameron Bray both made the list as separate people because, you know, that's what we do here. Uh, Jason Witten, I did extol the virtues there on the waiver wire. I think he's a good pick. I just think there are probably 10 or 12 better guys out there. So if you're hurting, it's not the worst play ever, but it's it's just not the best either. Greg Olson on my avoid list, followed by Jack Doyle, which pains me to do. I generally like to start him, but I just don't necessarily know if all the touches will be there for him this week. Dallas Goddard generally seems to end up in the end zone, but I don't know how many targets he's going to get. Cameron Bree, Noah Font, and Darren Fells all rounding out my avoid list this week. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of tight end injuries, and it seems like they may not be the biggest point getters for you this week. Defensively, uh, Sherpa has given us a bit of a tier system, and, uh, you know, where would we be without that? So, top tier for him, Atlanta and Baltimore, it looks like Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, the Chargers, and Broncos running out tier two for him. New England, New Orleans, the Giants, and Miami uh, followed with honorable mentions at, with Kansas City and Minnesota, all in that third tier for him. Uh, I don't, you know, he's, he's given us more than 10, and he's given us tiers, so he's really gone above and beyond on the defenses this week. I went with a conventional top 10 ranking. I've got the Broncos at the top of my list, followed by the Patriots, Steelers, Ravens, and 49ers. Uh, the Jets, Seahawks, Chiefs, Colts, and Bills rounding out my top 10. And as far as defenses, I want to avoid, there's not a ton that I feel like absolutely have to be avoided, but the Texans, Panthers, Jaguars, Rams, Chargers, Buccaneers, and Falcons would all be on my list, uh, as well as the Saints just creeping on there. 
Sherpa has San Francisco at the top of his avoid list, uh, followed by Carolina, Cleveland, Detroit, Arizona, and Philadelphia, all in Tier 2. Tampa Bay, the Los Angeles Rams, and Chicago in Tier 3. And then Tennessee, the Jets, and Cincinnati all rounding out his fourth tier there. So, like I said, real overachiever this week, giving us more than 10 on the start and sit side of the defensive ball. So, that's always nice. Like I said, Sharp is here in spirit. If you have beef with his picks, you find him on Twitter and you let him know this week. But let's take a look at the game picks. Always an interesting spot in the show here. I know there's going to be a couple that I have that are going to make Sherpa crazy when he listens to this in a little while. So that'll always be fun. This week, no Thursday night games. Uh, It is the college bowl season. And so the schedule changes a little bit. And everybody is playing in division, which is always good the last two weeks of the season. Unless, of course, you're in the NFC least, where there's really just not that much good football being played. But I digress. Let's take a look at our three games on Saturday. It's a full slate, starting with the Texans visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think this will be a competitive game. Maybe not the most well-played game. I don't think either of these defenses are lighting the world on fire. Uh, And as we know, Jameis Winston certainly has a bit of a turnover problem. But I'm taking Houston on the road to come in and win 34-28. I just think their offense has a little more firepower, and Jameis Winston's probably going to turn the ball over in a costly way, which seems to be his MO right now. Uh, Sherpa agrees. Houston's going to win this game. Uh, He's got them winning 31-28, so a little bit closer than I do, uh, but a similar ballpark. We both had Deshaun Watson ranked pretty high, as well as DeAndre Hopkins on our list. So I think it's safe to say we both feel that that offensive passing game is going to be a key factor there. The second game of our day, of our day, the 4:30 slate, our afternoon edition, is one I think is very interesting this week. Uh, not everybody may agree with me here, but uh, the Bills visiting the Patriots. Now the Patriots have been in a bit of a weird place. If you just looked at the score last week, you thought maybe they really had a nice day against the Bengals, but the team struggled an awful lot more than it should have, and obviously they lost the the two games prior to that. Uh, so they're they're in a bit of a weird place. Uh, Tom Brady, is he healthy? Is he not? Is that elbow more of an issue? Julian Edelman's banged up. How good is this defense? You know, are we are we finally seeing the demise of this Patriots dynasty? I don't know if I want to go that far yet, but I do think that Buffalo is a healthier team. I think they can come in and surprise some people. Uh, I have Buffalo winning 21-17, a close game. I think the defenses are more of a factor in this, particularly Buffalo's. Uh, Sherpa is going the more conventional route with New England winning. He's got them winning 27-24, so close game all around. Uh, I think Buffalo can pull off this mini upset. Last time they played earlier this season, the Patriots won, but it was a close game, and it really wasn't well played. They won 16-10, and Josh Allen had a terrible game. Um, But a lot has changed for this Buffalo team since they last played the Patriots. Josh Allen has really coming to his own as a quarterback he seems to you know have some patience in the pocket he looks a little less terrified which is all positive things um and he he threw three interceptions against the Patriots last time around since then which has been nine games he's only thrown three interceptions total so really Josh Allen could be the difference maker here and the fact that Buffalo really is the healthiest team in the league right now this time of season is so invaluable, and the Patriots have had a lot of off-the-field off noise between the alleged Spygate, which really is kind of a joke, um, and and just the questions about, oh, my goodness, are they starting to feel their age? And, you know, has the, the luster come off here, which I think is a bit of an overreaction. But there's a lot going on in New England, and I think Buffalo could steal this game. The last game of the day on Saturday, our night edition, is going to be the Rams visiting San Francisco. Uh, Interesting game. Both teams that maybe look differently than – they're playing differently than they look on paper. This 49ers team, obviously, I'm not a huge Jimmy Garoppolo fan. If you've listened to this podcast at any point over the last two seasons – you would know that, um, but they, they certainly they have the record to, to prove they should be in the playoffs and a real contender. Uh, I think that's more in spite of Jim Garoppolo, but either way, they've got the wins. The Rams have been a bit of an enigma this season. They should be better than they are, but when your offensive line actually experiences injuries, which they didn't most of last year, 
uh, it's a different world. And we've certainly seen Jared Goff have some struggles. Todd Gurley hasn't looked like himself. And I think this is going to be an interesting matchup. It's a good way to cap off the day. But I think the Rams can, I guess, I guess it would be an upset. I don't really think of it that way. But I think they can upset the 49ers here on the road. I'm taking all the road teams on Saturday. And I think the Rams win 30-24. to 24. So I think it'll be a hard-fought game. But, you know, the Rams, I think, will be able to pull it off in the fourth quarter. It's a tough defensive matchup for Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's maybe not the most careful with the football, and I think that is ultimately going to be their demise. Sherpa also has the Rams winning. He's got them uh, 37-31, so he's actually got a higher scoring game there, but a pretty similar effect, if you will. Uh, So let's take a look at our Sunday slate. We've got uh, a nice mix. As always, I have beef with the schedule makers. I don't think they they normally spread these out well enough, but at least we've got a little more in the late afternoon games. We'll get there in just a minute, but let's take a look at Jacksonville at Atlanta. It's just these are teams who are messy at best. <laughs> Jacksonville's had some serious problems at quarterback and obviously the whole Defensive issue with Jalen Ramsey and just injuries overall have been a problem for them. Maybe not the most disciplined team in the league, and Atlanta has been Atlanta. They've been wildly inconsistent. Uh, they, they, you know, are on fire one week, and they can't win a game for three. You just don't know what they get. Uh, I, I told you, I don't know, 10 weeks ago, I wasn't picking Atlanta to win another game, and I'm sticking by that. I truly believe Jacksonville can win this game. I think they do, 28-23. Gardner Minshew's your guy the rest of the season. This Atlanta defense, while they are better than some, they are, are, you know, a little above average, I think. They still are playing behind most of the time, and they spend too much time on the field, and I think that's ultimately their undoing. I think Leonard Fournette and Gardner Minshew have a very nice day against this Atlanta defense, and there's a lot of fantasy points to be had on both sides of the ball. Uh, The Jacksonville defense will give up points. But I just think that they can hold hold steady when it matters late in the game a little more than Atlanta can. So I've got them winning 28-23. Shocker of all shocks, Sherpa's on the other side of things here. He's got Atlanta winning 27-20. Uh, I know it's a, a bit of a lower scoring game there, but not by a lot. I just think Jacksonville uh, is a better team overall. Sherpa doesn't agree. We'll see who ends up being right. Uh, the second, second game on our slate here, New Orleans at Tennessee to be a very interesting game. This Tennessee team, as we talked about, is going to be without Adam Humphreys. New Orleans is a little healthier on the offense side of the ball, but certainly going to experience some some missing bodies on defense there. I think Tennessee will bounce back from last week. I think they win this in a close one, 27-23. Historically, uh, the, the Saints, particularly under Drew Brees, on the road in December, not great. I think they're about 500. Uh, so they certainly struggle on the road. Drew Brees is a different quarterback on the road than he is at home. I don't pick against him at home, but I think on the road in Tennessee, I think it's it's Tennessee's to win. And unless they decide to masquerade the Chargers and give a game away, I think this is going to be theirs from the beginning. Uh, Sherpa's got a close game as well, but he has New Orleans coming out on top 30-24. to 24. So we're uh, certainly uh, a couple of differences here. I think that's going to continue as we go. (laughs) The game that uh, Sherpa will be watching closely, mostly because he really wants the Giants to lose this to get a better draft pick. Up next, the Giants visiting the Redskins in what will be not the most well-executed game we're going to see this week. Danny Dimes is back under center for the Giants after the feel-good story of Eli Manning uh, playing the last couple of weeks. Looks like Dwayne Haskins is healthier on the Washington side of the ball, so they may look a little more functional, but neither of these teams are really setting the world on fire. Sherpa and I are actually both picking the Giants to win this game. He's got a little higher score than I do. He has the Giants winning 27-24, so a field goal will be the difference here. Uh, I've got them winning 23-17. I think it's a little lower scoring. I just don't have quite as much faith in those offenses, uh, but certainly – like I said, maybe not the most well-executed game, but one that certainly is going to impact the draft uh, come this off season. So a lot of eyes will be on that game just to see where people are going to end up. Next up, we've got the Duck Hodges-led Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the Jets. 
Sam Darnold isn't haunted, but I still don't necessarily think that that's enough to not win this game. The Steelers are getting a little healthier. Having Juju Smith-Schuster back on the field, even if he's not 100% healthy, still is going to keep a defense a little more honest than they would be. Uh, You still have to respect the fact that he is a a big play threat, even if he's not 100%. You just don't know when he's going to turn it on, and I think that could be an issue for the Jets. I've got the Steelers winning a close one late. I have them winning 28-27. Uh, Sam Darnold is certainly going to put up some points in this game. The Steelers' defense is not what it was in the past, but I still think that Duck Hodges is going to get the victory here. Sherpa's got the Steelers winning as well, but he's got a bigger margin of victory. He's got the Steelers winning 30-21, to 21, so I guess I'm respecting the fact that the Jets uh, could put up some more points despite the fact they have a lot of wide receiver injuries, and I think I'm a little higher on Le'Veon Bell this week than the Sherpa is, so we'll see how that one turns out. Moving right along to Miami, <laughs> the the Cincinnati Bengals and Andy Dalton, the Ginger Ninja, are coming to visit Ryan Fitzpatrick and his Beard of Magic. I've got Miami winning 30-20. to 20. I just think this Bengals team is a mess. I, I just Miami's not great, but they are heads and tails better than this Bengals team, no matter who's playing quarterback for them. Uh, and like we said, A.J. Green, their biggest threat, is not going to be on the field again this week and probably the rest of the season. So I'm taking Miami in a pretty convincing victory. Sherpa also taking Miami to win but with 30 points, but he's got Cincinnati scoring a little more. He's got them winning 30-24, to 24, so a little more fantasy value on the Bengals' side of the ball there. I maybe don't respect them quite as much, which is okay. So we'll see how that one turns out. A game I'm going to be interested in watching because I really like this Colts team is Carolina visiting the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I think that Christian McCaffrey probably is a better game than the Sherpa does, which is okay. Uh, But I still have Indianapolis winning this 27-20. I think there's a fair amount of fantasy value to be had here, even with it not being a huge scoring game. Sherpa's got this, uh, this Colts team winning by a bigger margin than I do, which is surprising. I am normally the the proponent for them, but he's got Indianapolis winning 34-21 this week. Carolina just got a lot of issues. They need to turn the page here. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the off season with you know some of these personnel decisions they're going to have to make with guys like Cam Newton, who is having his foot surgery, and he said the only way he's leaving Carolina is if they get rid of him, which is interesting because it seems like he had no desire to play this season. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, the next game on our slate here, Baltimore at Cleveland. Like I said, uh, last season or earlier in this season, Cleveland handed Baltimore their last loss. I, it just it was shocking, and when you look back at it, it's still very shocking. It's possibly one of the most confusing games of the season. If you forgot, because it was 10 weeks ago, uh, the Browns won 40-25 against this Ravens team, and the Ravens turned the ball over three times that day, gave up over 500 yards of offense to a Bills team that literally hasn't done anything since then. Um, in the 10 weeks since, Baltimore has not lost a game. They have been dominant, and pretty much whatever the spread is, take Baltimore, <laughs> whatever points they're giving, I think they're going to cover. I've got Baltimore winning 37-21, and I think even that's a little conservative. I just don't think that the Ravens starters are necessarily playing this entire game, nor do they need to. This is not going to be close in any capacity. Uh, for Cleveland, the best thing that can happen to them is this season end. And they're getting a little bit closer. Sherpa also has Baltimore winning. He has almost the same score. He's got Baltimore winning 34-20, so we're right in the same ballpark there. Like I said, I could see this being higher scoring, but uh, I I certainly don't think Lamar Jackson is going to play the entire game. That being said, I think what he will put up in whatever time he's on the field is still worth starting him in any capacity in any fantasy uh, league that you're in. So I think there's certainly points to be had there. Out west, we are going to the Oakland and L.A. Chargers game. Like I said, Oakland, real hot mess in their last game at home. Uh, Fan base really pissed off, and rightfully so. I I don't necessarily think you need to be throwing away your $15 nacho so carelessly. I understand you're upset, but, you know, walking out with actual stadium seats, maybe not the best way to handle it. I don't know. Oakland does weird stuff. We've known that since the 90s, so that really hasn't changed. Uh, I think they will, however, bounce back this week, disappoint their fans because they couldn't do this at home. 
but I think they're going to beat this Chargers team 30-26. to 26. I think Phillip Rivers is still struggling with turnovers, despite the fact that this Oakland defense is the most generous to quarterbacks in the entire league. I still think the Chargers will find a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, as they're prone to do, especially in December. Um, but it'll be a closer game. It's just certainly these are not elite teams right now. And without Josh Jacobs on the field, I think Oakland is going to have to rely a little more on Derek Carr, though DeAndre Washington is a very serviceable backup. Uh, it looks like Sherpa is going the other way on this. He's got the Chargers winning 27-21. Uh, so similar score, but it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Out in Denver, like I said, everybody's got the flu. That doesn't stop me from picking them to beat the Lions this week, 27-17. I think that that Denver defense is the difference, especially with how beat up the chart, the uh, Lions are. It could be a long day for them. So I think Denver handles this despite the flu bug going around. And Sherpa agrees as well. He's got the, the Broncos scoring even more than I do. He's got them winning 34-21. Uh, so we're in agreement there. Staying out uh, in the western area, we're going to go out to Seattle, possibly rainy, but Seattle at home is always a force to be reckoned with. I've got the Seahawks winning 33-24, and I think that may be a closer score than the actual stats will indicate. Sherpa's got the Seahawks winning 34-27, so I think Russell Wilson's going to have a very nice day against this Arizona defense, who... uh, you know, Arizona's not good, and the Browns were still trying to ask them, please come take me last week. So that's how you know Cleveland is in a bad way. Uh, but I think Seattle takes care of business without a problem this week. Next up, uh, a game that I will be watching closely, the Cowboys visiting the Eagles this week. As we talked about before, uh, when we are doing the player breakdowns, I, Dak Prescott is great against the Eagles throughout his career. He puts up huge numbers. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is even better. His numbers are phenomenal against the Eagles, and like I said, he has not won. Uh, he's not lost a game against the Eagles in his career. Don't forget, he held out uh, previously, so he has missed some time against them. But he's five zero in his career against uh, the Eagles, despite the fact that the Eagles have these flashes of, I wouldn't say greatness, but functionality. Uh, I don't think it's going to be enough this week, even with a banged up Dallas defense. I've got the Cowboys winning thirty to twenty four. Um, the Eagles, I don't even know if they can field a whole team. I don't think they know if they can field a whole team. They're essentially the walking wounded. But I got to say, the the <laughs> Eagles fans won't agree with this. But the best thing I read this week about this game, uh, John Breach of CBS Sports described the Eagles secondary as the physical embodiment of Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. It's not much to look at and could literally break down at any second. That might be the truest thing about that defense I've read all week. And their defense is probably the best thing they have going right now, which is a a tough state of affairs in Philadelphia. But this game is crucial to who is going to make the playoffs out of this NFC East or NFC Least division. Uh, So big matchup this week. Certainly a a game a lot of people will be watching. Rounding out our uh, Sunday Sunday slate, our evening game, Kansas City visiting Chicago. Oh, I'm sorry, Sherpa score for the Dallas and Phillies game. Uh, he's also got the Cowboys winning 34-27, so he respects, uh, respects the Cowboys this week, which I appreciate. Uh, but our a Sunday night game, we have the Chiefs visiting the Bears. I just, even even with Kansas City being a little banged up, I just don't see really any way that they can lose this game to Chicago. I have them winning 28-20. I respect the fact that it's in Chicago and and the Bears defense is very good, but I don't think it's enough to slow down Kansas City. Uh, Sherpa's also got the Chiefs winning. He's got them winning 31-24, so a little higher scoring there, but not a ton. And rounding out our week, Monday night, Christmas Eve, Eve, if you will, the Packers visiting the Vikings. Worth noting, Kirk Cousins has never won a Monday night football game since he's been drafted as a starter. That is 0-8 for his career on Monday night football. I think that changes this week, though. I think Minnesota wins a tough one, 24-21. Not a high-scoring game. Uh, I think that Aaron Rodgers, while great, is going to struggle on the road because those wide receivers are really having a tough time getting open, and that Minnesota defense is good. Um, whether or not Dalvin Cook is on the field, I think Kirk Cousins is going to be the difference maker here. 
uh, and they're gonna they're gonna take one for the rivalry. So I think Vikings fans will be very happy. Uh, Sherpa also has the the Vikings winning 27-24. So we both agree it's by a field goal. Just how many points? Hard to say. So whatever your spread is, I think Minnesota covering three is a good pick. Otherwise, go for the uh, the Packers. But so we've got uh, a great slate of games this week. Like I said, all divisional games. Please let us know how your fantasy team is doing. We are here to answer your questions all week long, and we'll be at, be back on Tuesday next week, which is Christmas Eve. Uh, so we'll be with you a day early, giving you all of the news and notes for week 17 of the NFL season. For some of you, that'll be your championship game. Uh, for others, you just want to play daily fantasy, we've got options for you there. So check back with us next Tuesday, and we'll be back at 9 o'clock. We'll be back at Full Strength Strip. We'll be back with us. And we'll take you through everything you need to guide your team to victory. Thank you so much for listening. Find us all week long on social media. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page and on Twitter at the number 4THN into show, JKIM16, and Fantasy underscore Sherpa. Thank you so much for listening to me talk for an hour straight. We really appreciate, appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Good luck, unless, of course, you're playing us. <laughs>